nothing new in the world of sales, except for the history you do not know. Welcome to the Sales History Podcast, bringing the brilliant and sometimes strange minds, methods, and ideas from the sales profession's past with applications to today. Here is your host, best-selling author of the Transparency Sale and the Transparent Sales Leader, keynote speaker, trainer, and nerd, Todd Caponi. Picture this for a moment. You're me. Alright, I didn't mean to scare you, but for a moment, I want you to think about through the lens of a nerd like me who... When cool people are doing cool things on the weekends, you might find me curled up with a magazine or a book that's at least 100 years old on sales and sales leadership. But today, you're reading LinkedIn. You see that someone has shared a tip, and the tip goes bananas. It's a revelation. There are piles, like hundreds of likes, comments, kudos. Wow, this is such a great tip. And again, being me and having read all of this stuff, you're like, um, here's that same tip, but written over 100 years ago. Well, you can stop thinking about being me for a second. This actually happens pretty much daily, and it kind of drives me crazy. And so today, I just thought for fun, I wanted to share the core traits that you must have to be a successful salesperson in 1913. So 110 years ago, if you were doing these nine things, you could probably be pretty sure that you would at least be in the top quartile of sales professionals. Now, when you're thinking about it though, I want you to think about the next time you go through your LinkedIn posts. I bet you you hear these. I bet you they're shared as a revelation today because as it turns out, all nine are exactly the same as you see today. All right? So these nine, they can be found in a February of 1913 edition of System Magazine. The writer is none other than Worthington C. Holman, who is one of the greatest of all time sales philosophers. When I've shared in previous episodes, we've talked a little bit about him and his books and his writings, his connection to NCR, him being one of the founders and editor of Salesmanship Magazine earlier before 1913. But in this instance, he's sharing the nine, which again, if you heard them today, none of them would surprise you. So with that, let's jump in. Number one is essentially to be empathetic. All right. No surprise there. And so here's Worthington's tip. Before you make an approach, put yourself in your prospect's place. Try to imagine how he feels, what he is thinking, what he needs. Talk your goods over with him beforehand. Don't say one word that will bump him off the order track. And when you've sold him in your mind, march in and sell the man himself. So number one is to be empathetic. Put yourself in your prospect's place. Number two is to be patient and sympathetic. (laughs) Again, obviously, this is exactly the same. And Worthington's words, don't fly off the handle because your customer-to-be does. Be patient, even sympathetic. 
the most important thing in the whole day's work is to get his viewpoint, to understand what feature of your goods or your talk jars him. Knowing this, you can wipe it out and often close the order on the strength of his reaction. So patience, sympathetic, coupled with being empathetic, huh, that's a recipe for success today or 110 years ago. Let's go on to number three. Another no surprise is to expect resistance. As Worthington puts it, you must expect men to be skeptical, prejudiced, reluctant, indifferent to what you offer them. If they were not, there would be no job for you as a salesman. Your boss could hire a messenger boy to collect the orders. Don't quarrel then with conditions that give you your opportunities and put order takers out of the race. Okay, so number three is to expect resistance because if you didn't have resistance, you really wouldn't have a role anyway. All right, number four, learn from the losses. Personal favorite of mine. I talk a lot about it in my newish book, The Transparent Sales Leader, that if you're losing for the same reasons over and over again, that's a recipe for disaster. And so as Worthington puts it, every time you fail to induce a man to buy, leave him with a smile but go out and sit down for a serious think by yourself. There has been a reason for your failure. Find it, therefore, before you risk another prospect's no. If the fault was your own, correct it. Forget that failure, but hang on to the lesson it has taught. Number four, again, learn from the losses, and this is as appropriate today and probably even more appropriate than ever. Let's go on to number five. Number five is essentially having courage of conviction. And the way that Holman puts it here is essentially don't stop calling on a man because he says he does not need your product if you know that he does need them. Don't lose courage even when he denies you without turning from the work he has in the hand. He may be so busy that the goods you offer haven't a spark of present interest or future promise for him. So Again, that is courage of conviction, meaning if you in your heart know that you can make an impact and this individual is essentially not giving you the attention, work on it, right? See if you can earn the right, make deposits so that you can make that withdrawal and get the attention of the individual so you can share and don't just take that push away knee jerk no as a true no. Keep going. All right, so that was number five. Number six, another one that I was teaching 20 years ago as almost a revelation, right? And it's still shared on LinkedIn today as a revelation. And it was this idea of you got to get to the real objection, that often the initial objection is not the true one. As Holman puts it, many a sale is lost because the salesman did not get at the real objection in his prospect's mind. Don't use up your energy, therefore overcoming a straw objection set up for you to shoot at. Use strategy to find the real obstacle, then demolish it. Don't understudy the machine that turns out form letters by the hour. That last sentence again, don't understudy the machine that turns out form letters by the hour is essentially saying that this individual buyer is probably using that same line over and over and over again. As Holman puts it, use strategy to find the real obstacle and then address that. Right? Demolish it's probably a bit of a strong term, but that is number six, is to get at the real objection. 
Number seven is this idea of having personality, but also coupling it with the magnetism of knowledge. And so Holman says, personality is the strongest single force in salesmanship, but the solicitor who depends on it alone can't compete with the salesman who backs up his magnetism by demonstrating the selling points for his goods. Even the cobbler has hitched his wax ends to an electric motor or else moved into a side street shop. That last couple of sentences is deep, but that's the way that Worthington Holman wrote. Even the cobbler has hitched his wax ends to an electric motor or else moved into a side street shop. He's saying that you need to come with personality, but you've got to know your stuff too, right? You've got to be strong and be able to share and to be able to make a compelling conversation and argument for your buyers. So that one is number seven. Number eight is essentially don't give up, all right? As Holman says, obstacles were made to determine the market value of success. Remember that when the tide is lowest, it is just upon the point of turning. Many a salesman gives up the battle just as his prospect is trying to discover how to give him the order, yet save his face. Don't ever be a bore, but learn how to hang on. All right, there's a couple sentences in there that are fantastic, right? First of all, that first sentence, obstacles were made to determine the market value of success. Like, isn't that awesome? And then he goes on to say, remember that when the tide is lowest, it's just upon the point of turning. Such a great analogy. And then that last part is salespeople often give up, right? As the prospect is trying to figure out, you know what? I think I need this, but I need to save face without looking like I just completely flip-flopped. So those lines in that one are fantastic. But again, don't give up. That's number eight. And then last but not least is number nine. Number nine is to basically sell yourself first, right? Like if you don't believe in what you're selling, it's a losing proposition right out of the gate. What Holman says here is start every day right by selling your job to yourself. Unless it is a daily delight instead of a daily duty, you are not presenting the best side of yourself in your goods to your prospects. Be cheerful then, smile, walk erect, hold up your head. Courage, faith, and the happy mood means efficiency will follow. Those were the nine. They pretty much encapsulate so much of what you see today that shared is revelation. From number one, where we talked about having empathy, to moving on to matching that up with patience and sympathy, to number three, which is to expect there's going to be resistance and how do you handle that? Going to number four, which is learn from the losses. If you're not learning from the losses, you're probably losing the same way over and over again, which is a massive loss of efficiency and time. Number five is to have courage of conviction. Like if you truly believe in what you're selling, don't just give up, right? Keep working on it. Number six is get at the real objection. That idea that a lot of times there's a straw objection and you need to get at the real one. Exactly like today. Number seven is not only having personality, but to match it up with knowledge and being an asset to the potential buyer. Number eight is talking about obstacles and not giving up. This idea that even when you're in a slump, that the tide is lowest when it is just upon the point of turning. And then number nine is to sell yourself first, to make sure that you're selling yourself and that you feel 
pride instead of it being a daily duty. Those are the nine. Anything that doesn't sound right today, because for me, for the most part, they sound exactly the same. Give it some thought and match them up against the next set of LinkedIn posts that you see that are presented as a revelation and, and see what you think. So as always, I so appreciate you spending some time with me. And if you've got other ideas or concepts or topics that you want me to explore, I love doing it. It's my nerdery. And feel free to reach out. You know how to reach me. But if not, it's toddcaponi.com. Or you can shoot me an email at tcaponi at salesmelon.com. All right. Thanks again.